Super Talk Mississippi media production. Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans, and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. Good things is on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And today we get to learn about a family who is giving back and creating opportunities in a unique way. Joining us today is is Edward and Lacey Pierre. They are founder and vice president of the Wash House in Edwards, Mississippi, and Jackson. Welcome. Hello. Hi, Rebecca. I was going to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We're at that weird time. I don't know which holiday to throw at you, but... We'll take both. Yeah, we'll definitely take both. Okay, Edward, I'm going to start with you as co-founder. You founded the Wash House with your wife, Lily, sometime back. I know this was her brainchild. Share how this all got started. Well, my, my wife is from Edwards, Mississippi, uh, uh, she is the youngest girl of 16 siblings, and uh, she always wanted to make a difference. Uh, she was strong on education and uplifting. So the wash house was there. Uh, it was closed. She wanted to make a commitment to the community, so we opened up the wash house, and most importantly, we initiated the Ed Tech Center. This wash house has Internet and provides free Internet to the community, so whether you're washing or not, if you do not have Internet, you can come there. The children can do their homework. You can look for a job, pay your bills, and other things that are uh, paramount to running a family. I love this. It's such a great sort of uh, bridging the gap. And you think about unique places. Most people think, oh, we need to put Internet in coffee shops or libraries, which aren't a bad thing at all. But some of our most rural communities, you forget that where people go and need is like a laundromat places to, you know, where they where they're going to go anyway. This was brilliant. Yeah. So uh, like, it's, it's, it's very exciting to us. Absolutely. Okay, Lacey, so you as a daughter, what was it like growing up with a mom that had such a vision to give back to the community? I know your whole family's involved in moving the wash house forward. Yeah, I think growing up and with my brother and my sister and seeing both of my parents just always committed to service, I think that they really planted that seed and at every single step in our career, um, whether I was an engineer and consulting, there was always some desire to be able to be in a position to give back. So it's big shoes to fill, and I think that we're blessed to really still have this vision to carry on. 
So, Edward, I want to go back, though. Your your wife, Lily, grew up there in Edward, Mississippi, which is a small community. What Explain to us, though, I mean, because most of us take for granted that maybe we can do our clothes at our own home. I, I don't, you know, mm. or if you're living in an apartment, you may think of having to go to the wash. I think the last time I had to, I was a student at Southern Miss, you know, living in the dorms, and we all had to do collective laundry. But this is everyday life for a lot of families, right, using like a laundromat? Uh, absolutely. Uh uh, 45% of the people in Edwards are unemployed, and about 75% of the families there live at or below the poverty line. So the majority of people cannot afford Internet and do not have washer and dryers in their home. So this laundromat was just sitting there closed. So people had to drive 35 minutes away. Either they would have to go to Clinton or to Vicksburg. So now they have a wash house that they can use, and they have Internet because most of the people can't afford Internet. Think of the family value where a mother does not have to load all the children in the car, drive 30 minutes to do clothes, and then come all the way back. She's lost an evening. Now the kids can be right there with her. They can be doing their homework, and she's five minutes from home. That's a social saving and an economic saving. That's a win-win for everybody. And, Lacey, I know y'all also added this Community Innovation Center. It's sort of also offering this opportunity for those or a co-working space, too, at this place. You're really developing out what the Wash House really being a community center also sort of branching off of that. How did that also get brought into the into the mission? Exactly, Rebecca. And, And thanks for kind of seeing that innovation there. So we started in Edwards, and that was our phenomenal pilot site. So with our expansion into Jackson, Mississippi, we have more space at our second location where we're able to really build out this co-working space for aesthetic professionals, so individuals working in the beauty sector who oftentimes don't have professional spaces to do their work. So we have that space for beauty entrepreneurs and then really, really building out our community innovation center to close those deep digital vibes and also begin to start adding training, skills, and work with corporate partners so we can really have meaningful effects on people's lives. What y'all have built has really caught on, too. You guys are winning challenges, getting grants for really seeing this thing grow. What are all the good things that are coming up for, for you guys at the Wash House? Yeah, I mean, we're really excited to have institutions such as Columbia Business School, Columbia School of Professional Studies, and Beba Foundation have really thrown their support in very much a material way with these cash grants, but also with the support and resources that they're bringing our way so that, you know, I'm a student at Columbia now. I think it's really important to close that gap and be able to bring those resources back down here home. So I'm really excited about that. The cool part is the wash house idea works obviously here in Mississippi, but this can also expand out. You guys have big dreams and visions for where this will go. What do you see in the next 10, 15 years? In the next 10 to 15 years, we see this model scaling across communities in the Southeast. And what we want to do is to continue to be a resource oasis and opportunity deserts. You have a lot of great, um, quotes and things from those that have used the services there at the wash house from both Edwards as well as the one in Jackson. What does it mean to you to hear folks who say things like, I was able to do my homework, I was able to go to college, all of this because of your family's idea in the wash house? 
um, we feel that's the fulfillment of, of the dream and the and the ongoing synergy for the dream. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, we cannot save the world, but we feel we can start one block at a time around our new wash houses and affect people and affect change. Um, we want to change the way people think about a wash house. Instead of just washing your clothes, in addition, you can get life skill changings. There'll be STEM classes for the uh, children during the summer. You'll be able to pay your bills, look for a job, things that will uplift the community. And currently in this area, there are no resources right now like this. So this provides resources. And also I feel it provides hope. Yeah. And I think really having that support with our $25,000 backing from the Tamer Fund and winning the Greater Good Challenge, I think that's also, we want to continue bridging that gap and bringing, like my dad said, hope to these communities that are underserved. But it also just shines a light that sometimes we think we have to build new things or we have to create these great community centers, which there's absolutely nothing against that at all. But then that can feel very daunting. But you guys have shined a light on utilize and you refurbish or, or, you know, refresh what's already there and necessary, which is, you know, a laundromat. Exactly. We want to reimagine what is a very ordinary experience into something that is innovative, that can be a catalyst for positive change. Exactly, like you mentioned, Rebecca. It's, we're able to use something that we already have within our own community. I know you've got the one in Edwards. you got one here in Jackson. Any more in the state of Mississippi that you guys kind of have on your map as, as starting up soon, or are we just focusing on those two right now? So we're focusing on those two right now, but we would love to be able to come back and share more good news, which will definitely be coming. Oh, I think that thing, you guys, the sky is the limit. Edward, I see your beautiful family is all behind what you guys are doing. What does it mean as a dad to watch all of your kids grow up and help give back to, to what your wife and their mother had started? Well, it, it's exciting to see your children be ignited uh, by this by this fire and this drive and this passion to do two things uh, so well to do a couple of things always walk in the light of the Lord strive for excellence and serve others this is why we are here and this, these are our founding principles of the Pierre family and and these are the 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 things that drive us and that we're passionate about. And we feel like using wash houses, which are already in place throughout the country, is an innovative way to approach it. Instead of building, like you indicated, brand new centers and things of that nature, let's use what we have and make it work effectively for us. I love it. Lacey, where do we go for more information on the wash house? Yes, more information can be found at lilieshandsfoundation.org. And that's L-I-L-I-E-S, handsfoundation.org, or come visit us. We plan to have our grand opening in spring at 1596 West Capitol Street in Jackson. Well, I feel like this is just the first of many conversations. You guys are welcome back anytime you got great news. And Happy yes. New Year. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. Happy Here New Year, and thank you for having us. Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right, you guys stick with us. we got more good things for you coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. things on your computer, your mobile device, and just head on over to supertalktv.com. Don't forget, too, there's a ton of content from Supertalk Mississippi on our YouTube channel. Just search Supertalk Mississippi on YouTube or go to supertalk.fm slash YouTube. It is free, but you got to subscribe. We well, don't have to, but you should subscribe. And then you can get the latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports, and, of course, the good things uh, here in our state. And if you just missed the really good thing that the Pierre family is doing, you can always go back and listen to that later on today. It'll be up on YouTube. But you want to go and get yourself a lottery ticket. I know it's getting bigger and bigger. There was no winner for the Mega Millions last night, but there was a winner in Van Cleve. So if you were listening to Good Things and you went and bought one of, I guess, for Tuesday night's Mega Million, you are a million dollars richer. And I'm assuming either you know it by now or we hope that you know it sooner or later. The ticket was purchased in Van Cleve, just one number shy. Oh, man. Well, you still get a you still got a million. But you were one number shy of five hundred and sixty five million and a dollar away from two million because <gasps> they didn't play the uh, multiplier. Why did they tell you that? I think that's information. To hook you. That should be because after you've already won the million, they most people would think, all right, I'm done. I've won. But then you have the whole, oh, well, no. you could have had two. You know, I really do enjoy my lottery dream home. It's on HGTV. And to me, because for a lot of reasons, one, the host is a hoot. But two, I find it very interesting what people choose to buy and purchase in their mindsets with their with their lottery winnings. And it is impressive the number of them who and it's not all of them, but they've won it twice. And it may not be like large amounts in terms of millions twice, but there are several of those who win like hundred thousand one time. They'll turn around and win like six hundred thousand the next time. And so I guess if you feel like you won I would feel like if I won once it was like lightning in a bottle. It's probably never gonna happen again. I don't want to, you know, chance it. But that's also speaking from someone who doesn't play. I've been open that that's just not my thing. I just don't feel like I would ever win. So why just give you 20 bucks or however much it may be? Because the woman who won on one of the last episodes, she had spent $100 on scratch-off tickets, right? Like how how many hours do you have to work to make $100 just to hope you – she walked away with a million dollars, but that wasn't a guarantee. Tea. And so that makes me wonder, like when you buy that many scratch off tickets, unless you're buying like five of the twenty dollar ones, do you do you I have think it was a, five of the twenty dollars? OK, well, if it's only five, then that's that's not that big a deal. But like I'm imagining a, a dinner table just full of scratch offs. And do you have a system of which ones go first? Do you have a lucky coin you use or do you use the trick where you squirt hand sanitizer on them and it just kind of wipes off the stuff? We had um, one of the sister-in-laws bought, it was the nine 
pay nine match nine i don't know see i don't even know the names but we all got them for for christmas and i sure it wasn't twenty dollar one i'm sure it was the five dollar one for as many as she probably purchased and um i admit it you know you you start going and you're like good lord like how you know obviously and none of us came up a good lucky winner but that's okay it is i mean i can see where it's good fun i just you know, I don't. Sometimes the mindset behind it. However, all back to if you bought one in Van Cleve and you don't know you're the winner, you need to go check your ticket. Check your ticket, and then too, I guess buy your ticket because the Mega Millions jackpot that's coming up Friday night that would be in two days, it has risen to six hundred and forty million with a cash value of three hundred and twenty eight point three, excuse me, million dollars. I saw something where the lotteries are getting bigger. With the lottery jackpot over time, is that because more folks are? Is that how that works? The more folks that play, the greater the the pot. Oh yeah. So I guess that's even the same with like Super Bowl um, pots at the during like your office. What do you call them things? Squares. Yeah. The more that buy in, then the more there is to give out. Well, usually with squares, you you need to have all the squares sold, or it's not going to work quite as well. Gotcha. See, gambler, I am not. <laughs> Been playing it safe my entire life. Maybe I should. Maybe I should be the one that goes and on a on a whim. But I'd be so nervous. I just don't think nervous money wins. That's what they tell you in poker, anyway. And so my, my mine is very nervous. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking of all the. My money has anxiety. My money has anxiety, <laughs> and so. I'm just sitting there thinking of all the things I could do with that $100 bill versus taking a chance on a chance of, of the lottery, but but that's okay. Now, something that you may have a better chance of winning or your kid is a college savings, um, I guess, scholarship out of an art contest. And even if they don't, it don't cost you anything to enter. I saw this registration was now open. I saw this over at supertalk.fm. And I always think it's cool, number one, it's never too early to start getting your kids um, thinking about college, number one. That's what this could do. And using their gifts and talents to maybe, you know, go up for something. But it starts, the contest will run from January the 1st through February the 28th. And students from across the state, they'll be competing for over 3000 in Mississippi Affordable College Savings Scholarships. They have to submit an original piece of art based on the theme. And this year's theme is, what do you want to be when you grow up? So, again, even just taking the opportunity to give your kids who enjoy drawing or painting to think that through, then, you know, you're getting that conversation started as well. Any Mississippi student from pre-K to 12th grade, whether in a classroom or through an after-school program, or even if you are a homeschooling family, you are still eligible to participate. And they have a list of who will be awarded for first place in pre-K to second grade, third to fifth, sixth to eighth, and ninth through 12th. So pre-Ks and 12th graders aren't aren't uh, going at it together. So I think that's cool. Anyway, you can read how to download um, the contest rules and regulations over at supertalk.fm. I think, why not? There's nothing, no harm in it. And kids are always proud of the art and the work that they do. And um, it'd be a cool opportunity to get them started. There's some really cool um, science behind kids who know they have scholarships or money for college. I think it's even as little as like $250 in the bank. Like say that's your college fund, have some form of college fund. I don't, I'll butcher it, but they are 
exponentially more likely to actually go to college. It's like the forethought that that money is there and it's already forwarding them to their next phase of education. Um, it's really cool what that little carrot kind of can do for the psychology of a student as they're going through um, the rest of their school. You're already sort of putting it in motion that, you know, this is going to be part of this is just what you do. And I, I'm sure with the Mississippi Affordable, it's big words, college savings, not big words, lots of them. Um, I think you can use it for community college, too. And so I think oh, yeah. it's not like necessarily universities. I know there's a lot of different options for students now in terms of higher education. But I think we can all agree that doing going to the next level to either get a certification or going to university or whatever would be would be a good thing and they just need to be told so what do you want to be when you grow up have them draw it and i think it would be cool if they have have this every year or if you ask them that every your student every year like see if that changes over the years in terms of their drawings i mean at some point you know what you wanted to be at pre-k it's probably not what you'll end up wanting to be your senior year but I'm curious if you were, if you were, whatever, you, if you're listening to good things and you are working, well, if you are working, then don't get in trouble during office hours. But like, if you are what you wanted to be as a kid, I'd love to know that. Like, if you dreamt your whole life of being a fireman and now you're a fireman, I think that's really cool. Because most folks go through, because they have a, you have a limited idea of what professions are. Oh, yeah. As a kid, like, I can't tell you how many of Neely's friends, and nothing wrong with wanting to be a teacher, but one of the only things she's seen a teacher or a dentist or a doctor things we the things we see and then nothing wrong with those professions but it's like there are so many other out there that you start to sort of learn and get into we all know yours i wanted to be a paleontologist i know all because of jurassic park i guess i think that's that's super cool. At a time when I really couldn't even properly pronounce paleontology. I wanted to be a lawyer because of Allie McBeal. Poor parenting on my parents' point to let, me <laughs> <laughs> to let a small child watch Allie McBeal. But I wanted to wear the heels and she looked assertive and she dressed nice and, you know, or whatever until I realized you guys do a lot of paperwork. There's very little sexiness in the. You can wear the heels every day, but you're sitting behind a desk a lot doing a lot of paperwork. Whereas I thought paleontology was, hey, you get paid to dig and occasionally find dinosaur bones? That's the coolest job ever. And I still maintain that it's a pretty dang cool job. Jeff in Oxford said, well, I'm definitely not an astronaut. It's never too late, Jeff. It's never too late. And a happy birthday to one of our favorite uh, Good Things listeners. Happy birthday, Jeff. We love you, buddy. But stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Bicycle, bicycle. 
You can watch good things. We are on computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. We all know teachers will go above and beyond for their students, but our our next guest kind of took it to the next level. Joining us is West Lauderdale High School history teacher, Ed Abdella, who, man, you, you've been on a bike for a while. So welcome, Ed. Hey, how are you, Mr. Rebecca? I am doing well. Okay, so tell us about this challenge. Did you ride or race for 24 hours? Well, it's a little bit, little bit of both. I, I rode for 24 hours, and uh, I told the kids, uh, I think it was last year, we did. We attempted to do it during spring break, and I wanted to raise money for the band, and uh, I told them, I said, I'll tell you what, I've, I've got to do this. I'm an endurance cyclist, and I've got to put in a 24-hour ride, and I figure we could raise money off of this, and they were all gun ho about it and had supported me pretty well, and Unfortunately, it was that day that was typical Mississippi weather. We had uh, 71 degrees during the day uh, at 530. The wind started blowing in. It dropped. The temperatures dropped. It started to rain. It got down to 21 degrees, then 16 degrees, and it, we wound up with snow. So I was on the bike for 16 hours, and we had to uh, abandon it because it became dangerous. Yeah, I was uh, just going to so, say that you went through all the seasons in 24 hours here in Mississippi. Oh, it was miserable. And then to DNF, you know, it was, you know, that for a cyclist, that's, that's pretty, pretty dreadful. So, uh, I told them we were going to come back and do it, uh, in, uh, on Christmas break. Uh, so that's what we did. So we raised money for the band and I think we, we raised pretty well. We don't have the official numbers just yet, uh, but it's probably going to be around five or six thousand dollars. So, you know, but I did it, you know, mainly because uh, I'm getting ready to do this uh, big race uh, called the Ram, which is a race across America, which is uh, every uh, they do it every June. And it's three thousand seventy one miles and you have 12 days to complete it. Wow. So this was kind of one of those things that, uh, you know. So where did you get this inspiration, Ed? Because I feel like, you know, if I was a teacher in a high school, I would need an outlet for far, far away. So I might would drive across America on a bike, too. But, you know, it takes a special kind of crazy to get into endurance sports, whether it's running or cycling. So how when did you pick up a bike? How long have you been cycling? I've, all my life, ever since I was about, it's about 12 or 13 years old. I started riding and, and competitively when I was in high school and then uh, I came back from the service and rode for a team up in Connecticut for a few years uh, while I was in college. And uh, and then I started running a little bit and moved to Mississippi and, and never touched. I hadn't touched the bike in uh, 25 years. Uh, so um, I had, uh, I was in the service, I was in the reserves, and I had just come back from Iraq in about, I don't know, six or seven months after I came back, I had started having issues with my lower back, and uh, it just progressively got worse. I had to stop running. Uh, I was still able to move around, just I wasn't as active, and, and um, one day, my back just went out. It just, I've never felt that kind of pain. I couldn't even bend over to put water on my face. And I was laying on the couch, and I remember thinking, you know, I, you know, I've, I have a high tolerance of pain. I, I really do. I've, I've never complained about pain um, any time, but this, this about put me under. 
And I was more agitated because I couldn't do the things that I loved the most. I couldn't even really move. And um, a friend of mine, Dr. Pa- Azar Pasha, who owns the pain management center here in Meridian, had come over to visit me for whatever reason. He just showed up at my house one day, and I barely could walk, and he could tell that I was in pain. And I told him, I said, yeah, it's my lower back. I don't know what's going on. And he was upset that I had been sitting around for about two weeks like that. And he said, you know, that's what I do for a living. Why didn't you call me? I said, well, I didn't want to bother you. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Ms. Turner. I promise you that this was the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. I went into his office. We, we set up an MRI. I'll make it real quick. Set up an MRI, got all that taken care of. He told me what was wrong. I had a problem with uh, uh, herniated discs in uh, L4 and L5. And he told me, he says, we got, the, we got a treatment for you. We're going to go ahead and give you these steroid shots. And I was a little apprehensive. I said, uh, is it going to work? He says, I promise you, it's going to calm it down, and we're going to go from there. Because uh, I was thinking, you know, surgery. Long story short, because of what he was able to do. Now, of course, I can't run anymore. Right. You know, the jarring on my back and stuff. But I picked up a bike. I started riding. And I just, you know, I've always loved to ride. And I've always loved to do longer rides anyways. But. It just, you know, Bob Sample, who's one of my crew chiefs uh, on a lot of these endurance races that I do, had said that because he had started me. He said, why don't we ride on a Sunday? And we went out, and I promise you, we did seven and a half miles out, seven and a half miles back, and that was a pretty good Sunday ride. Yeah, I would say so. And now you're going to do Across America. I think that's absolutely insane. yeah, that was the thing. In, in 2020, we uh, I signed up for the, um, they call it the Natchez Trace 444. It's 444 miles. You have 44 hours to complete it. And he was my crew chief, along with uh, Magnolia State Cycles uh, and, you know, and Clint Blackwell, my uh, the mechanic that came with me, and a whole bunch of other folks. And, and I did it. We did it in, uh, at the first one was 32 hours. I just completed it last October. Uh, we did it, and we wanted to break 30 hours. I did it in 28, and I remember Bob telling somebody, uh, "I have created a monster. This guy is an animal." And uh, I just, I, I love, I love cycling, and I've got numerous bikes, and you know, I ride with a lot of friends up here. We have a really good group that I ride with, and uh, you know, but because of Doctor, you know, Basha, you know, I'm 58 years old right now, and it's like. It's nothing for me to get up and do, you know. Uh, I put in 13,000 miles last year, so it's like I'm putting in about 200 to 250 miles a week. And, you know, to get up and do 100 miles on Saturday and then, you know, wake up Sunday and go to church and then go do another 50 miles, It's it, to me it's nothing because I've been, you know, doing it so much. Well, you also remind us, too, that it's it's never too late to start or try something new, whether you don't necessarily have to go to cycling 3,000 miles. But, you know, if you can't run or walk anymore like you used to enjoy, try something different. Try your bicycle or take up something else that may have lower impact on the areas that, you know, cause you pain. But that you can still find so much joy in that. How many more 24-hour rides will you have to do, Ed, before your 3,000 um, challenge coming up next summer? Well, there, you know, I've, I've been reading a lot of books on the Ram and, and because of my age, uh, one of the guys I just read really great, uh, he's a, uh, physician, uh, that teaches at the college level. And, um, 
he uh, wrote a, a book called Masters of Rand, people that are, you know, 50 and older. And he said, you know, it's all about science. One of the things that he says don't do is don't write 24 hours. You know, unless I it's did. for the kids. Well, that's it. And, and, you know, everybody trains differently. And, and to me, I had to, you know, I had several goals within that 24 hours that I wanted to reach. Like, in order for me and my team to the group that uh, is going to crew for me, in order for us to be successful uh, for the race across America, um, I've got to get about 280 miles a day. And I have to have at least three hours of sleep a night because of my age. Most people that are 40 and under, they don't need that REM cycle of sleep. Again, the cycling on these type of terms, it's all science. What you put into your body while you're, while you're racing and, you know, what, you know, uh, how you sleep, your heart, you know, your heart rate. You know, if you're, uh, you potentially want to ride about 110 beats a, a minute while you're riding. That gives you maximum output of energy. But if you're not eating correctly, it'll drop all the way down to like 70 beats a minute. And then all of a sudden you're in trouble and you're, you're, beat, you're lethargic. You're not moving fast enough and you're not making, you know, you're going from riding 18 miles an hour to now riding 12. And you're not going to put in the time or you're going to be on the bike too long and you're not going to get that four hours of sleep or three hours of sleep you need. So it's all real science. And that's where your crew comes in. And I've, I've got a really good group of guys. Ed, what does your students think about all of your crazy cycling? Are they inspired by it? Do they think that you're, uh, you're that you're nuts in the best way possible? Are they? I mean, but are they st- are they sticking with your story? I mean, I want to stick with your story, you know, until next June, and we want to encourage you on. I think this is really neat, but this all goes back to. I mean, you have an opportunity here to inspire them. Yeah, I think I think everybody looks at it differently. I, I think a lot of it's got to do with the. You know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm much older. Guy, so you know, doing this after fifty is, you know, they look at it and say, "Wow, this, you know, this guy's okay. He's, you know, he's fifty-eight years old, and he's, you know, he's thinking about doing something like this." Like, you know, when I did the twenty-four hour challenge for the, you know, for the kids, you know, it, they were just excited because it's like, you know. This is their teacher, you know. Doing something for them, and you raise quite a bit of money. Well, Ed, I thank you for your time, for sharing your story. We'll have to get you back, though. I want to keep updated and see you through to the end of your race. Sound cool? That sounds awesome. Thank you. All righty. Happy New Year and best back half of the school year coming up to you. Thank you very much. All righty, y'all. Stick with us. we got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. All my life 
Don't forget you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And, of course, you can watch us, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And you can catch either the Texas Bowl with Ole Miss taking on Texas Tech tonight, or you can hear Mississippi State versus Illinois on Monday night in the what kind of quest bowl is that? Relica Quest? Relia Quest. Relia Quest. 34 Loop. Relia Quest Bowl on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. In fact, I think. Uh, It'll actually start at, I think, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. When is yeah, that? Monday? In the middle of the day. It'll be in the middle of the day on Monday. All right. Um, and then this afternoon, though, I think the Texas Bowl starts around 3 30. Or maybe no, no that's. Ole Miss plays at basketball. 8 tonight. And then Ole Miss plays at 8 tonight, which I was just. Uh, strolling through Instagram, and I saw Richard Cross of Sports um, Talk. He's already there getting ready to check in. He's got his press passes and all, so should be a good game. Over on the Good Things Facebook group, you'll notice, as well as so many other people sharing the wonderful tribute to Mike Leach that the um, Ripples will be wearing on their helmets as they take on the the bowl. I thought was real, um, you know, it just goes to show some things are above rivalry for sure. So lots of good things, lots of good games to get to i was gonna so your soccer season though over for another four years uh for the world cup yeah but uh as far as international soccer like u.s soccer there will probably be an announcement about the coach in the next week or two and then you have what used to be affectionately known as camp cupcake in january the january camp where you bring in a lot of the younger players or players you haven't seen a whole lot of to see if they've made improvements and stuff. And then you you play a couple, not lesser teams, but they, they aren't going to be the, the hard hitters. You're not going to be playing teams like Brazil or Belgium or France or somebody like that. And then it just continues the cycle. It'll start back up. Although with the U.S. and Canada and Mexico hosting the 2026 World Cup, All of them are hosting? Well, yeah. America's hosting the most of them. Gotcha. Canada's got... I think one location where they're going to be playing, and Mexico's got three, mm-hmm. and then we've got six to eight. So, yeah, it's mostly the U.S. hosting, but Mexico and Canada are helping. And because of that, all three of the teams, U.S., Canada, and Mexico, won't have to go through qualification. They'll already be qualified. So instead of being on pins and needles just hoping to qualify, we'll be able to have more of a build-up to it where you'll they'll be playing matches against teams that'll that'll be looking to come to america to get used to the climate or used to the travel or check out where they want to stay so we'll have our pick of who to play leading up to the next world cup but premier league still going on mls will be back soon soccer's year round do you think in the 2026 world cup the beer tents will be closer to the action I believe they'll be in the stadium. <laughs> Just a little bit of a tweak to how they rolled out things in the last one. I think there's a lot of, I know nothing about soccer or the World Cup. I only attribute you to what I've learned. But I have learned that soccer fans get angry when they have to walk and be in a designated area for their booze uh, before before the match or during the match or whatever it may be. Which, I mean, I get it. I totally I can. It's just it's funny. 
It just gets me tickled. Anywhere in like close to us? I believe there's at least one in Texas, at least one World Cup host site in Texas, but the one I'm excited about, it, it would be like playing the lottery if the U.S. winds up actually playing there. Mm-hmm. But the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta will be hosting World Cup matches. So that's just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Been to Atlanta to see soccer, want to go back, especially if the U.S. are playing there. But even if not, just going to a World Cup match in America, I missed out on it in 94 because I was a wee lad. This time, I'm I'm not missing out on it. I'm going to find my way to a match. Go ahead and put in your PTO now for that time. <laughs> we'll start a GoFundMe or a bake sale or something if we have to here on Good Things. Well, that's the thing. i got to get it in now so that I can get it in ahead of Borky because I know he also <laughs> wants to go to a match. And I'm pretty sure his sites are also on Atlanta. Well, that's a little – in terms of uh, – geographical you could drive there it would be it would be um yeah you got we gotta make well we will have to make that happen one thing i hate for you soccer fans like for us who enjoy the olympics so much we obviously we don't get the summer every four every two years it's all always four but every two you kind of you get a break to get the sort of excitement you guys it feels like four years and you would think there would be a lot of excitement around the head of FIFA saying, hey, maybe we should do the World Cup every three years. But there was a big pushback and backlash on that because there's just something about the tradition of having to wait. Oh, yeah, that's hard to do. But I get it. And they're like, I'm tired. I need a break. Give me four years. Oh, you don't have to wait four years for Sports Talk, Mississippi. They are coming up next from three to six, although I do think... Oh, you got the game coming up tonight at 8. So um, until tomorrow, guys, take time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.